0: What's up everybody and welcome to the podcast Dog Mom Mentality where we strive to play with dogs and not emotions. I am your virtual bestie Caroline and I have my furry friend here Layla and we are going to give you a break from your day to talk about all things dogs and emotional well-being. If you have ever been emotionally affected by your dog then this is the podcast for you. Hi dog people, thanks for coming back and listening to another episode of this podcast. Today is all about tangible tips and tricks that you can do to relax your nervous system, work on your mindset, work through negative thoughts in your head, And it's all coming from a life coach and the owner of a CBD business that I found through Instagram. So I'm really excited for you all to hear about Michelle. Michelle is a certified life coach helping females reduce stress and anxiety while achieving a work-life balance and also owns LO Wellness, a CBD company. She lives in Orange County, California with her shelter mutt, Sigmund. And She described Sigmund as a happy-go-lucky boy but developed some fear towards other dogs during the pandemic. Because of this, she had to learn how to control her anxiety and how her energy affects them. So she actually realized how she could use All of the lessons and tricks that she works on with people in her life coaching sessions with mindset, negative thoughts, and managing anxiety with her dog. So she learned how to apply those all to herself and then she's sharing some of those tactics with us today. But before we get into today's interview, we are going to go through happies and crappies. So I will start with mine and my crappy is I have so many bug bites like mosquito bites on my legs from playing outside with Layla and they are damn itchy. (laughs) Uh, Bobby and I both have them and we are both like just hating ourselves for not putting bug spray on because they are all over our legs. So that's my crappy. And my happy is that I have made some serious progress on the journal that I have been developing for dog owners. And it's to the point now that I feel like I have a almost finished product to the point that I feel like I could actually put a release date on it. So I'm not going to like say that yet. But in my mind, this makes me feel more secure about releasing it. And I feel like I have a plan for that now. So more details on that coming up. Um, I'm also going to be putting out some freebies. Uh, on like some of the journal pages or something like very similar to that so you could kind of get a little bit of a taste of what it might look like or what it might be like and I'm also going to do a few other uh, free offerings to go along with the journal and ease people in to journaling because I wanted this to be a journal that could apply to new journalers experienced journalers, new dog owners, experienced dog owners, and everyone in between. So this journal is meant to be for anyone, basically, um, and it's taken me a lot of time to go through the development, the research, the review, the editing, the design, etc., etc., etc. And so now I'm actually to the point that I feel like I could start working on some of the mark uh, like more marketing things for it and planning out like the launch for it so that's really exciting and it makes me really happy because it's like one step closer to getting this journal out into the world and into your all's hands so that is my happy you all's happies oh my goodness there's a lot of them this past week um let's see vacations um Lots of people, like, starting new jobs. That's exciting. Um, took This girl took her dog on a walk, and her reactivity was minimal. Going on a little vacation this weekend. Summer schedule freedom. Finally getting back into a routine. Good training session at Lowe's. Uh, this person journaled her stresses away that day. This person took their dog to their favorite swimming spot. Wow, literally so many things to be happy about. So I I love reading these. Thank you all for submitting them each and every week. It makes me happy. Okay, I think that's it. I kind of feel like my voice going out a little bit. So I'm curious as to why that's happening, but it's whatever. Side note there. But we are going to go ahead and get into today's episode with Michelle. No matter the age of your pet, so much planning is involved when setting them up for success, from the hours of training to the socialization to the confidence building. But have you ever considered that the thing causing them a difference in their behavior, whether it's agitation or anxiety, might be a bit more complex than just training this past year i began to factor in how Layla's digestion could be affecting her behavior and mood i didn't previously consider this because it really isn't something that you can outwardly see nor could she communicate that to me but after reading her food label i decided to find a brand that was more balanced holistic and fueled her for all of our training and play sessions But I still wanted it to be convenient for me and all of our trips and even hand feeding. This is when solid gold entered our lives. Layla was immediately obsessed with their food and I am equally obsessed with the benefits she gets from it. Up to 80% of a pet's immune system is influenced by the gut, making the nutrients, vitamins, and minerals so important to your pet's overall health and well-being, which you guessed it also includes things like their nervous system and behavior. Layla has been eating solid gold's new nutrient boost line, which is powered by plasma, making it extra nutritious, extra delicious and providing extra immunity. The added plasma ingredient works to reduce inflammation and increase absorption, making sure that she gets every nutrient possible in her little tummy. And all of this is in kibble form, making it extremely easy and functional for us. Beyond their large variety of customizable food, Solid Gold also makes meal toppers, flavorful bone broths, and supplements. You can snag their products on Amazon, Chewy, Petco, and PetSmart. And find all the details about Solid Gold on their website, solidgoldpet.com. That's also linked in the show notes. Layla assures you that you will not regret checking out Solid Gold for your pet. Okay, everyone, we are back with another guest on the podcast today. We are talking to Michelle and her dog Sigmund, which I'm super excited. Uh, Michelle actually found me through Instagram, like through a reel, um, and we started chatting it up. She is a certified life coach. Yeah, I wanted to make sure that I I said that right. Yeah, so she's a certified Mm -hmm. life coach and then also has a really, really cool CBD company. Um, so super excited to to chat with you today about dogs and about mental health as well, and yeah. pull in some of that life coach strategy and and all the work that you've done with that.
1: Yeah, well, thank you for having me. I'm really excited uh, to be doing this. I know when I found you, it was I so related from that reel that you posted, and I was like. Okay, this say I am the same way. I'm like (laughs) someone I'm not the only one. It made me feel like I'm not the only one who feels like this sometimes, that frustration. Um, so it was a great, you know, it's great how internet can connect people. Oh, totally. I'm so glad
0: that you felt that way. That's how like that's what I aspire to do, right? I hope Mm -hmm. to make others feel less alone in their struggles with their dogs. So I'm really glad that it hit home with you. So tell yeah. us a bit about you and your dog and, you know, just
1: anything that you have going on here recently. So, um, Sigmund and I, uh, I call him Sig. Um, uh, his the name I gave him when I got him was Sigmund. And it just, I don't know. He felt he, he wasn't as proper as I thought he was going to be. He is a little wild card. I tell you, um, but we have been good. We live very close to the beach in Orange County and Newport, to be exact. And we just live our, you know, beach kind of life over here. And uh, we live in a great, like a really big dog kind of community. There's always people out here walking their dogs. Everyone is like dog crazy here, which I love. And, you know, we're just enjoying the summer. I feel like it's like almost gone already.
0: I know. I know. I was just talking to somebody and they were like, yeah, it's almost the end of July. And I was like, wait, what? And I had to you know, check my calendar. And I was like,
1: oh, my gosh, it is. Right. And you're like, wait, it's August. And yeah. I still think I've been an adult for a long time now, but I still think about school. I'm like, oh, my God, it's almost <laughs> time to go back to school. I'm like, I don't go to school anymore. But that's how I think of summertime. I'm like, mm-hmm. "Oh yeah, mid-August, you go back to school, like summer's over. Right. That's super crazy. funny. <laughs> And then like, we don't, cause we're normally it does get pretty hot here since we're by the beach, we have that marine layer. So it's a little bit cooler, but we've kind of had a pretty cool summer. It hasn't been like super hot where you're like wanting to go to the beach every second. So I'm waiting for that hot weather to kick up here. I know it's hot everywhere else in the world, right? but, but right here, I'm like, I'm seeing things about like Europe and everywhere. And like, it's like the hottest it's ever been. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wait, it's like, 70 degrees. Like oh, that's that lovely.
0: <laughs> oh, I wish. Yeah. It's uh 90. Well, it's probably like in the upper eighties, but the humidity level here oh. makes it so much worse. It's, it's awful.
1: I don't know how you do it. I can't do that. I cannot.
0: Yeah, it have to
1: but you know what we had a few days ago, we had like 66% humidity or something, which is pretty high for us. We normally have no humidity level here. Mm -hmm. We're a very dry area. We're a desert. Um, but it was really humid and it wasn't that hot, but that humidness just made you feel sticky. I'm like, I don't know how people in the South and the East coast do it. I, I can't. I can't yeah, do it's it's it. gross. The dry Our humidity is the here thing. is like ninety something. So oh like, my god, humidity
0: level of like sixty six would be a dream come true. Honestly,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't know how to. I would probably step outside and go back inside. I'd be like, yeah, yeah. It's,
0: it's it's very commute. hard to go on walks and everything, just because even at like seven, like six thirty seven a.m., it's already in like the ninety percent humidity range. It's it's oh, awful. Wow. Yeah. It's bad. It is bad, but yeah, let's, let's talk about dogs. Yeah. (laughs) No more weather. No. Yeah. We could talk about weather all day and about how crappy it can be, but um, yeah, I'm jealous of, of your sunny life and your beach life. So let's talk a little bit more about your dog and kind of your backstory with him. Like when did you get him? How did you get him? And you know, maybe his behavior pre-COVID and post-COVID?
1: Okay. So I had been wanting a dog for probably almost 10 years and I used to have a dog. I, I worked in advertising. Um, I was an account executive and I, I worked really, really long hours. So I'd be at work from like eight in the morning to like nine at night and I didn't have a life on the weekdays and I just wasn't able to care for a dog at the time. I ended up getting a cat. I still have her; she's here in this room too, somewhere. Um, But you know, after a few years, and I I changed careers, I was like, I really, I still really wanted a dog. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, cats are cool. I love cats, but I'm like, anytime I see a dog, and I'm driving in my car, I'm like, oh look at the dog! Like I'm that person. And so I was. Looking on Pet finder actually. Mm-hmm. And oh, we talked about this. Yeah, yeah I remember I was, us talking about it. now. I was browsing Petfinder and I came across his picture, and I knew I didn't want a puppy. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't want to have to deal with that puppy age. I want like a two or older that they, they, they've already you know kind of gotten their skills. They're they're good to go. And I saw him. It said he was two years old. He was a mix, and I it was like the, the group that was posting on pet finder, they were a rescue. Mm -hmm. And so I messaged them. I was like, you know, I'd like to meet him. I was just something about him. I was really drawn him and his brother. Actually. Mm -hmm. I was really drawn to, I was like, I really would like to meet them and they had me fill out paperwork and they had to like, let me, you know, I had to get approved beforehand And they told me, okay, well, you know, he, one is at a foster home, like it's with a foster, which was his brother. And then they told me that Sig was over at like a, like a board daycare where they can Mm -hmm. board him overnight And, you know, you could see him today, we would have to kind of schedule you to see his brother. And I said, Okay, and so I drove over to see him. And on it, I could still remember this to the moment, like everything about it. This is a core, as they're calling it these days, a core memory. Um, (laughs) I remember I get there and they bring him out from the back and he was so happy. And I went down on my knees to pet him just to be kind of at his level. And he placed his head on my chest and he licked my chin and I was sold. I was like, yeah, love at first sight (laughs) at, at that moment, I was like, this is it. Like, this is, this is it. And I wasn't planning on getting a dog that day. I just wanted to see him and, I I asked the person working there, I'm like, can I leave a deposit and pick him up? Like I had nothing for a dog mm-hmm. at that moment. I was not prepared at all. I'm like, is there a way that I can, you know, come like get him like tomorrow or another day and like leave a deposit for him. And they were like, no, like you have to take him today. There's actually those people right there waiting to see him after you. And there were literally oh people gosh. sitting on a bench in like this other area. Yeah. And I was like, with well, this dog is too great. Like he's, if I leave here, he's going to be gone. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, okay, I'll take him. And, um, I remember getting his papers and they said he was actually from a shelter in Arkansas. And I was like, wow, I don't know how you got here, buddy, but I'm glad you did. And he's a medium-sized dog. He's about 50 pounds. And I, at the time I took him to my bed and I'm like, oh yeah, they said he's two years old. And my vet's like, he's not two. He's maybe one really. Okay. Um, and I remember like taking him home. He was not potty trained. He was just, he was like, he didn't know how to do anything. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like, it's kind of like, a, I, yeah. I didn't want a puppy, but I kinda right, but you kind of mm-hmm. got <laughs> one. Um, and, and yeah. And so he, we, at that time, we lived on a peninsula on, on the beach and he, he was really great. he, would do really well on our walks. He got along really well with other dogs. I didn't have any problems, nothing to worry about with him. Before the pandemic, we moved and um, and before the pandemic, I would take him to daycare almost five days a week where mm-hmm. he would be with other dogs. And then sometimes I would take him to work with me where my coworkers would bring their dogs and he would just like love life. Like I never worried about him with other dogs. And then the pandemic happened and he was then now away from all other dogs. And when we would walk, sometimes he would get really excited when he would see Mm -hmm. another dog and you could tell he was like, oh my gosh, a friend. I want to play, play, play. Let me go. Let me see him. During that transition though, it, it started to change. And what I later realized realized was he has like fear reactivity now, like right. other Dogs. And I remember about a year into the pandemic, things here were starting to kind of loosen up. Mm-hmm. And the, I noticed people were starting to go That I think they just had reopened the dog park and it was a dog park. I used to take him to all the time. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, we could t- finally take him finally, to the dog yeah. park. I, he he was so like, he did not want to be around any of those dogs. He was barking. He was making it clear, like get away from me. And I was like, okay, we got to go. We got to go. And I remember getting in my car and crying. And I was like, I don't know what, what happened. I didn't understand at the time. I was like, you used to be fine. Like Mm -hmm. what happened? And it wasn't until I actually talked to a trainer that said, this is like a really common problem with dogs Mm -hmm. is that because of the pandemic, a lot of dogs, if they're the only dog in the house became non-socialized with other dogs, and now they don't know how to be around other dogs. Right. And that's what happened to my dog. And so it has been, you know, when we go on walks it for, in the beginning, it was just he then would, it wouldn't be that friendly barking. I want to see that dog. It was like, you know, I'm, this is my street mm-hmm. Get away! even though they're across the street type of right. thing. And I was, you know, he would just rip, whip around me and be all over the place. He He'd get really worked up. And I didn't know what to do. I was like, what's going on? Like, this is just getting where we used to live. We didn't, there wasn't as many dogs that would walk around. We would most of the time maybe cross one dog. But then when we moved in the last year, we then entered the very heavy dog community neighborhood that people are walking dogs all the time in the afternoon, you're going to pass by like four or five dogs on the street in your walk. And, and it didn't matter. It was interesting. It was like, sometimes it would be a big dog that would set them off. Sometimes it'd be a small dog. Mm -hmm. It was like, it, it wasn't like a certain type of dog. And so it was really difficult. It was really hard. And I took it really hard because I was mm-hmm. like, what am I? What did I do wrong? You know? Right. Because you think like they are a product of you in a sense, kind of like a child. It's like, how, what did I do to make my dog now feel this way out in public? And it was just, it was really tough. And I had to, I think that's like what dog trainers say, you know, when you go to a dog trainer it's like, we're not training the dog, we're training you. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, okay. And I had to kind of realize, okay, it's not the dog that needs to change some things right now. It's me Yeah, that needs to make some changes. Yeah,
0: oh my gosh. I'm sure so many people are going to listen to this and think, "I like that is my story." You know what I mean? Or like the I relate so hard to this piece that she said. Yeah, I mean, I relate to a lot of that too in in different areas. Like the unexpected shift of behavior change. Mm-hmm. And You know, it's kind of like, well, what happened? Like, uh, nothing truly happened. He wasn't attacked by a dog. You know, we didn't have like an accident or, you know, anything like traumatic. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of like, what happened? And then uh, going on, you said the like your dog is kind of like a byproduct of you. And I I I used to really really think of Layla as an extension of me, and how Mm -hmm. she was acting reflected on me and my you know, the way people perceived me. Uh, So if, if she was acting, you know, like scared or reactive or barking or being inappropriate on like a human standpoint, um, I took that really hard because I was like, well, people are going to think that I'm a bad dog owner. I don't train my dog. Oh. Like I don't love my dog. I don't work mm-hmm. with her, whatever. Um, and so I took that really,
1: really hard. And I'm sure that's kind of how you were feeling too. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Everything you're saying right now, I'm like, yes, no, because it is because you think like people must think that I'm not trying or that mm-hmm. I'm not. And it's like, you're doing everything that you can. Right. Working so hard. With your dog. And it's just, you know, some dogs are easier and some dogs are tougher and, you know, it's like, people don't know the journey that you're on with your dog and, and you see them look at you and you're like, I hope they're not. And I think, I don't know if you feel this way, but I have a lot more grace towards other dog owners, like d- dealing with my dog, that if I see a dog kind of acting up, I'm, I'm not going like, wow, totally. Mm-hmm. that person needs to train their dog you know, it's like, because I know firsthand, I'm like, well, I've been training my dog and we're Mm -hmm. still working on this, you know, it takes time. And, you know, some dogs in altogether, just not other dog dogs. They don't Mm -hmm. want to be around other dogs. Yeah. They all have their
0: own personality, Yeah, but totally that having Layla and, you know, talking to other dog owners, it has taught me a lot about empathy and giving grace and Mm -hmm. empathy towards towards other people for sure so before Sigmund started like showing these behaviors did you know what dog reactivity was or was that just like you know no it was like it wasn't a word that you had even heard of
1: mm-hmm. I had no idea I had <laughs> no idea too, honestly <laughs> I was like wait what happened we passed like pet smart puppy school like I don't understand like we graduated What what happened here I never I didn't know this behavior I didn't know anything I'm like you know, I am not from a family that has dogs. Um, and so I was never kind of around like dog, like I was around other people's dogs all the time, but not that really dogs in my life, maybe uh, like friends and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know any of these terms. I didn't know any of these, I didn't know that this isn't just aggression, that there's right. reasons as to why he's reacting this way. And, you know, I didn't understand that. And I had to do a lot of research to figure out why is my dog doing this? Why is he now being so reactive towards, you know, another dog walking? by? I had no idea. I had to, I had to do the work. It became now me doing the work, you know, to make sure that I can help him in the long term, but Mm. I had no idea. So you didn't know either. You no, into- I, I truly didn't know. So I
0: grew up with a small dog, a mm-hmm. toy poodle. So he was like, I think maybe f- like 15 or 18 pounds. He was very small. We, you know, took him on walks, but we didn't really do a lot of like hikes. You know, I don't, I mean, I will say he never went on a hike <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, you know, we never took him out to restaurants. We He, he didn't do like the things that you see dogs do today. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so he was just a house dog and, you know, we took him on walks and everything, but I, I never remember thinking, you know, like he was, he was just a family dog kind of thing. Um, he was very easy. He was small. If something mm-hmm. happened, you picked him up and you walked yeah. down the rest of the road kind of thing. Um, and so I never was really around a lot of big dogs until my dad got a dog. That's a chocolate lab. Mm -hmm. And he is, I think he's five or six. So he got him while I was in college. And, you know, I used to like push him away because I didn't want him all up on me. I didn't want him slobbering on me. He was a big dog. Um, and then my mom's boyfriend had an Australian shepherd and she was like the greatest dog ever. She was really, really amazing. So I was never around any dogs that had problems. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, my dad's dog was big and I didn't want him slobbering on me. And so that that's like one thing, but I never really saw like a bad dog and I never really saw dogs react. And so to me, whenever I thought of a dog barking and lunging, I associated it with aggression. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, like you said, I never realized that there's like, what's the fear behind it? What are they nervous about? What, like what's going on internally, then like what has emotionally affected them to make them react this way? It's, it's not just aggression. It's a whole slew of things.
1: Mm-hmm hundred percent. Yeah. And I think it's, it's easier when you realize it though, like what you, when you like break it down and get to that core, like you funnel down of like your dog's Mm -hmm. behavior, then you're like, okay, this is what I really have to work on. Right. Totally helpful.
0: Yeah. So it sounds like you learned, I mean, just as much as I have from, (laughs) from owning your dog. Um, what have you like learned about yourself through all of this? I know you said you have to do a lot of research and, you know, the training was a lot more about training you than it was Sigmund and learning how to handle him and manage him and and put him in like the best case scenarios. But what did you learn about yourself, you know, on like a emotional stance, physical stance, mental stance during all of this?
1: I learned that how I was feeling my emotions, my energy was affecting my dog. Mm-hmm. I, you know, once he started to get reactive on our walks and it was different than before. I it took me a little while for me to realize this, but my behavior then became anxious when I would walk and see a dog across the street. In my mind, I was saying, oh my gosh, there's a dog. Okay, please don't react. Please don't react. I'm I'm not saying it out loud, I'm just saying it in my head, like right, we could do this, we could get by him. Like you could do this, like okay. Please don't do anything. Please don't do anything. And then my dog reacts, and I'm mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh. Then I'm trying to like control him, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like you know, ugh. what? And and it was just kind of kept happening, and I would get like anxious, see another dog, and I'd be like, oh, can I like turn back around and go another route? And then I realized, okay, my behavior right now is affecting him. He is getting my energy, my anxious energy. And he's feeding off, so he's now becoming anxious. That the other dog is definitely like a street. feedback
0: loop. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And so I was like, okay. Once I kind of re- it took me a while to realize that I didn't realize mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm anxious. I was just, you know, not really. Th- I'm thinking in my head, but I'm not really thinking. I think a lot of us, it's like subconscious. Kind of, we're not conscious to like what we're doing, and it takes a while for us to realize like a behavior. Right. And it took me a little time to realize like, I'm doing this. Like I'm, you know, I'm anxious when we walk and and it changes my energy and then changes his energy. And so I had to put into practice what I do with anxiety and what I teach my clients when they're anxious and it's get back to the present because anxiety is the future. It's the anticipation. I feel like yes. Mm-hmm. They say like depression is you're living in the past when you're depressed. If you're anxious, you're living in the future. And if you're, you know, if you're at peace, you're in the present. Okay. I've never heard that, but I like it. Yeah. First time I heard that I was like mind blown. I was like, yeah, <laughs> so true. Because there's never been a time that I am nervous about something that's happening in the moment. Mm-hmm. You're not like, you're never noticed, nervous about something right now. You're nervous about something that's going to happen because you're scared of what's going to happen either because you've never experienced it or you've had a bad experience with it mm-hmm. and you don't want that bad experience to happen. And so I'm like, okay, well, I need to put back into the practices that I do when I get anxious and I have to get back to the present. I have to get back to now. And so one of the things that I do when I walk, And I notice, you know, if I'm like walking out of my peripheral, I see a dog. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to even acknowledge that that dog's there. And I'm going to concentrate on something I see in front of me on my side of the road. And I'm going to look at it and I'm going to think about it. And I'm not going to give that dog a single thought. I'm not going to look in that direction. I'm going to continue on my walk as if they're not there. And then I'm like, wow, look at this tree. There's like really pretty flowers right now. And they're really blooming. And, you know, and then 85% of the time, my dog doesn't react anymore to dogs when we cross the street. And that made me realize, wow, it was a a lot of it became me Mm -hmm. that was causing him to get anxious. Right. When we were around these dogs and he still gets anxious. We were up close. Yeah. And he would still have his, you know, fear. But when we're on opposite sides of the street, now, if I'm not giving that dog a second in my mind, neither is he. Mm-hmm. Well,
0: even if, you know, maybe if the, your dog did react because you're not as focused on the other dog, you're able to give him your full attention in that moment to help him navigate the situation and get him back to, you know,
1: neutrality. Oh yeah. Plus I'm like, if he starts to kind of react, I'm, I'm still like that dog doesn't exist. I'm like, come on, let's go. Mm-hmm. And most of the time he'll be like, okay. And he'll yeah. just like start walking along. And I'm like,
0: we're doing it great
1: (laughs) yeah I feel like
0: whenever you're in that moment of peace and like a good headspace you're able to work more so out of logic and less out of like irrational emotions I should say I don't know if that's like the best word but um, you know you're you're able to like I said just navigate them and, and guide them to yeah. whatever they need to be doing. You know what I mean? You know, mm-hmm. whether that's uh, they need to create space between them and the other dog or them and the trigger, or if you're trying to cross a busy street, whatever the case may be, you're really able to help them manage themselves better because you're yeah. in a clearer headspace and have more room to make logical
1: decisions. Oh yeah, 100% it makes, it, it makes a huge difference when you realize that. Mm-hmm. And when you aren't thinking in that way, right. Out of that, you know, a logical mind versus the illogical,
0: totally. emotional
1: versus the logical, you know, it's like, like they say, you never should make an, a decision when you're emotional. Yeah. You have to wait till you're no longer <laughs> emotional. Then you make a decision.
0: Yes. Yes. That is such a good reminder. And I do have to remind myself, like, like I think that dogs definitely do feed off of our energy but I do have to remind myself too that Layla is like her own living thing with her own feelings and her own thoughts and so I've had to remind myself as well if she does react you know maybe I wasn't even like anxious or maybe you know maybe even if I was anxious but because she is her own thing I do have to like not put as much pressure on me that I was like the sole reason Uh that she reacted. And honestly, that was kind of a lot harder for me to get over the, you know, I, because I used to think she reacted, therefore I didn't walk her the right direction. And I wasn't, I didn't manage her well enough. And, you know, I should have been training her and we haven't done as much training, yada, yada, yada. Like I would make up all these excuses as to why I was the problem, but sometimes I had to take a step back and remind myself that, you know, like just because I was having an off day doesn't mean that I was like the 110% reason that she reacted.
1: Hmm. I think that goes to like a lot of times And I know a lot of anxious people are like this like we have we feel like the need to control a lot Mm -hmm. of things and I think with animals especially we feel like we're we need to control them and the reality is like the only thing we can control in our lives is ourselves you know just us and we can work with our dog to try to you know get it to do what we want it to do but at the end of the day we have no real control over their behavior. And when we have those tough moments, it's like, I can only control one thing and that's me. Mm-hmm. And, and just reminding yourself that, you know, we, we can't be so hard on ourselves in yes. those moments mm-hmm. and, and think of like, well, why, you know, it's my fault, but it's not our faults. because we did everything that we could and we controlled everything that we can. And that's us and what we did, you know, and at the end of the day, it's like a dog they're they're their own thing. They're their own personality. They have their own moments.
0: Right. But our energy, you know, kind of circling back, it's kind of like a back and forth game. It's like, does our energy affect them or does it not? You know? And I think it's like a piece of the pie for sure. It's not the whole pie.
1: Um, Mm -hmm.
0: but yeah, there, but, you know, kind of circling back, there are definitely times that I have been anxious and I do think that it has affected Layla and some of the triggers. It's like a back and forth game, trying to find that right balance of how do I handle myself? Mm -hmm. How much pressure do I put on myself? And then how much pressure do I put on my dog and the things in the environment?
1: It's like such a crazy thing to think about. And I think when you're really like a hand, like when you love your dog so much, you think of your dog as your child. Like I didn't give birth to him, but I feel like I did. (laughs) You feel that way. Like you're like, what, like, what, what, what did I do wrong? Like, what did, how do I get, you know, is it me? Is it him? Like, what is it? Like you're, cause you're just, you want to see your dog be like the best. Cause you know, your dog at your, at their best at, at their best. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. so true. That is so true. So were you
0: able to use your background as a life coach and some of the, the teachings and trainings that you've went through with that to help overcome or manage some of the anxiety that you were having due to his behavior on walks and different challenging settings like that? I know you talked about kind of grounding yourself and getting you back to the present moment. But was there anything else?
1: I think when we're on our walks, the grounding is really important, but then it also, if I am having anxiety in those moments, um, it's probably not the only moment in my life right now that I'm having anxiety in. And so just making sure that I'm doing what I like, my self care to keep me kind of at having my nervous system more regulated, Mm -hmm. I think is key, because when my nervous system is regulated, then those moments don't, you know, then I can handle those moments. And I can, it's easier for me to just like a dog, not get triggered as easy. You know, like, when I see something, I'm no longer going to get like into high anxiety mode. Now it may, you know, now it's not going to get me there. And then I'm going to be able to do what I need to do, which is to focus on something else. But having, having a good routine, I think for, you know, anyone with anxiety and just making sure that you're doing what you can to manage your stress levels and keep your nervous system regulated is is really key into when you have those like, cause for me, it's really the only difficulty we have is on our walks.
0: Mm-hmm. And so
1: to be able to kind of keep that for me, I, even kill, I have to make sure I'm doing what I need to do to kind of stay in that regulated system all day. And that is like utilizing a whole bunch of things that I have. It's what I call my self care, my daily self care, routine every morning, you know, and I, I tell my clients, I'm like, start doing this stuff and you're going to notice a difference. Yeah. And once you you start getting it into your routine Mm -hmm. and make it a habit. Yeah. And like the first thing I do in the morning is I get my journal and I, and I was never a journaler ever. I, I was not the girl with the diary when I was little, I, I never was big into journaling. And then a few years ago I started doing it and I hate I had a coworker, um, she was a therapist, she's like, You should journal. And I'm like, No, that's not for me. And she's like, just do it. And I was like, I hate this, but I'm doing it. And and then I was like, wow, this is really helpful. And so one of the things that I do and then I, I tell my clients are should be a really big part of their daily routine is to journal, especially first thing in the morning mm-hmm. and to set your intentions for the day. And so the first line that I start off every day with is today is going to be the best day ever. Like, cause I am, I am now creating my day before it happens. I'm not allowing my day to create it anymore. I am the one who's in control of, of what the, what is going to happen. And I'm, I'm bringing it to life. And so when I tell myself that today is going to be a great day, my day ends up being a way better day than when I don't tell myself that. And then I walk through, I, it's like, I'm writing down how I want my day to go. Mm Mm-hmm. I write down every little thing like today, when I work, this is going to happen. And then I'm going to have a really great workout. And then the, you know, Sig and I are going to go on our walk and we're going to have a really great walk and we're not going to have any incidents on our walk today. And we're going to get home and this and that, but it's really just laying out how like your perfect day would be for that Mm -hmm. day, what you want to happen, putting it out there into the universe. And then another big part of it is, gratitude and putting down like the things that you're grateful for I think you know practicing gratitude you know even though people like gratitude anxiety how do those go hand in hand they do you know practicing gratitude daily and writing down a gratitude list even if it's just three things every day even if it's the same three things every day will make a difference Because we have so much to, you know, even especially when our dogs are acting up, we're like, Mm -hmm. why is everything happening? Why is this going wrong? And we're not thinking about like, which we are grateful for, you know, in in these moments. And, and so being able every morning to write down the things that you're grateful for is a big part in like keeping yourself even keel and, you know, putting a a to-do list of what you want to accomplish that day, but don't go overboard. Mm-hmm. you know don't write a list of 20 different things you want to get done. right make
0: it tangible <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. make it realistic because you want to be able to look at that and check it off as the day yeah, goes you know? like, like have of- wins you know what mm-hmm. I mean like have all these wins yeah and be like wow I did everything on my to-do list today like this was great like have five things you know don't don't go crazy. Just have a few things that you want to get done. And, and you're putting that early in your day of like, Hey, I want to accomplish X, Y, and Z. You're putting it out there that you're going to get that done. And you're more likely to get that done now than you were before without your list. Mm -hmm. And it's just having that first thing in the morning, like getting you going, like another thing that, you know, helps me regulate, is CBD. That's why I got started in CBD was because I had really bad anxiety. And I, you know, went to a doctor's office and they were like, well, we can only give you this for it. And that wasn't something that I wanted to take. I'm more of a holistic person. And so then I started Googling, you know, what are some holistic ways to help with anxiety? CBD was one of them. Mm -hmm. Um, and I came across, you know, I tried it for the first time and I was like, wow, this really does help because it helps regulate your nervous system. It gets everything back to being relaxed and where you need it to be. And so, and CBD is, it's a, it's a supplement, you know, you, you can take it when you're in those anxious moments. But it's best practice to take it on a daily basis. That's how you're going to see and feel your best with it. And so taking that every day to just keep your nervous system relaxed is really key, too. Um, and then either, you know, I try to do yoga a few times a week. But yoga is a great way to just decompress, get back to the right. Present,
0: be that movement. Right
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sometimes
0: you, you have that energy in your body, like whether it's stress or frustration or, you know, even excitement, but doing just honestly, any kind of movement, but especially yoga, because I feel like yoga is very intentional most of most of the time, but having that movement to really like get some of
1: that energy out of your body can make such a difference. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, Yoga can is mentally hard. As hard as it is physically, mm-hmm. it's a mental practice. And when you're in those moments, it's it's another way that you are trying to be present because your mind is like trying to wander off. It's like, oh gosh, I you know I don't want to do this right now. I'm thinking about X, Y, and Z, and this, and you know this happened yesterday, and it's all about getting back to to present and. And that's so important. And that's kind of what all these things do with gratitude and journaling Mm -hmm. is, is being present. You know, we spend so much time looking at our phones and at screens and we're not present, you know, when we're sitting at home and we're looking at things online, we're not being present when we're watching, you know, it's, it's very rare that we are actually present in our bodies. Um, And so it's trying to, Spend more time being present in your body, and that's going to really help your nervous system stay regulated. And when your nervous system is regulated, you you don't have those high peaks mm-hmm. and as, low lives. as severe mm-hmm. as you normally do. And you know, my last and favorite of all is meditation.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: even just getting in ten minutes of meditation every day will just like severely benefit you. Like yes. you will see a difference.
0: I have such a difference in my days when I meditate. It's it's oh, yeah. honestly unreal. And then whenever I meditate on like a very consistent basis, oh, my whole world is like completely different. It's crazy.
1: Yeah. It's, and meditation is another thing that it is hard.
0: Like mm-hmm. if you've never meditated
1: before – Like I will, I tell my clients this, your mind is a muscle, you know, meditation is a muscle and you wouldn't, if someone told you they're going to go run a marathon, you wouldn't expect them to be able to go from not running ever in their life to running a marathon the next day. Mm -hmm. Same thing with meditation. It's about practice. It's about building up. To getting to that really sweet spot because you probably know now it's like you hit that sweet spot yeah and you are just like the world could be burning down around me and not nothing matters I'm like, chill I'll, I am zen <laughs> like like doesn't matter like it literally could be in the burning building like I am zen right now yeah like, I am so at peace but it takes time and that's why I tell people if you've never meditated if you're starting to meditate guided meditations, Mm -hmm. because that makes the biggest difference. And you're able to, when you start to wander, it's easier for you to get back. Right? Yeah. And like making
0: it a habit I feel like sometimes it's really hard you know you might like meditate one day and then the next day you kind of put it off and then you might do it again and then you wait another two or three days to to do it it's Uh so good whenever you do it on like a really consistent basis of like every day or every night whatever the case may be for you whenever you want to meditate but um like whenever you do that and make a like true habit out of it it makes such a difference. I want to ask you something about your mm-hmm. your journaling. So do you like free journal or do you have a guided journal?
1: So in the morning, I I free journal. I like my journal. In the morning, I start out with – I have two different types of journaling I do. I do a morning and a nighttime journaling mm-hmm. or a, or a morning and an anytime. So my morning is really like the intention-setting journaling that I do, like we mm-hmm. talked about. So it's really going – you know, how I'm kind of setting up my day, my gratitude, my to do list, then throughout the day, if anything comes to me, or normally I wait till the evening, that's kind of my wind down, I just free journal. And I sit there, and I write down everything that is going on in my mind until my mind is blank. And there's nothing else to write. And it could be one page, it could be five pages, you know, it, it could be all over the place. But they say that, When, you know, when you have stuff going on in your head, things that you need to process or get out, there's only two ways to get them out of your body. It's either by speaking it out or by writing it out. So if you don't have anyone to talk to about something in that moment, write it down Mm -hmm. and you will feel just as good as if you you had a conversation with someone about it.
0: Oh, yes. 100%. I personally like really enjoy like the free writing type of journaling. I know some people don't, especially if they're getting started. That's kind of why I was like curious as to if you just free write or if you have guided prompts. But I wanted like I was thinking about this. So you were talking about you you say I'm going to have a great day. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Like we're, we're mm-hmm. going to go on a walk and I feel like to me that's almost like manifesting. And you talked a lot about like, I, you know, I'm kind of creating my day and I've been a little into like spiritual out spirituality. Can't say that word right now, (laughs) but I've been into that a little bit recently. And, you know, the idea of like co-creating your day with the universe has came up a lot and that just went hand in hand with what you were saying. And I've, I've just found that that's I guess, special that it's came up in my life. And then along with you talking about it.
1: I think the one thing that I realized, I, I used to have jobs, I've worked with people who are very successful. And one thing that you'll notice with very successful people is they manifest, Mm -hmm. they are like, i'm going to do this i'm going to create this there's nothing that's going to stop me and and that is that and i am like making it happen and i remember like kind of like hearing that from like a decent amount of people who are pretty successful and i'm like okay so maybe this does work Mm -hmm. and it's have you ever had that day and and this also is like um I think they kind of call it it's like the law of attraction. Like if yeah. you put out positive energy, positive yes. energy comes back to you. But if you put out negative energy, negative energy comes back to you. But you have, have you ever had one of those mornings where you wake up and like your alarm didn't go off or it went off late and you're like, oh my gosh, I have to get yes, ready in like and two rush. minutes. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, as you're getting out the door, like you hit your toe or something happens and then you're in the car and you hit every red light. Mm-hmm. It's it's because like in those moments, like you're putting out, even though you're not trying to, it's like, you're starting with like a kind of a negative energy, like, oh my gosh, everything's going wrong. And you're attracting negative right. things. As you can you only going. see the
0: negative in those mm-hmm. moments, which this yeah. actually like is a perfect segue into our next question, which was going to be about like mindset and reframing your mindset in some of these more negative situations. And you also told me that, you know, you do a lot of, I guess, sh- mental strength work around like negative self-talk. So this is like a really good segue into that. So can you kind of talk to us a little bit about like what techniques you use for reframing your mindset
1: and getting through negative self-talk? Of course. So my favorite, like if anyone, or even for myself, if you are struggling with negative self-talk, I want you to ask yourself this question. Would I say that to my best friend? And if you're like, no, I would never say that. I Mm -hmm. wouldn't speak like that to my best friend. Okay. Well, why are you saying it to yourself? If your best friend came over to you and started telling you the things that you're saying in your head, how would you respond back? Would you go? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that is a problem. Yeah. You're like, no, you're going to encourage them. You're saying, no, you're killing it. You're doing the like I'm watching you, you're doing great. Like you're giving yourself a hard time. You're doing amazing. You have nothing to worry about. Like, don't be hard on yourself. But why can't we do that to ourselves? You know, I, I, we are our own worst enemy. Mm-hmm. And that, especially women, because from a very young age, we have been kind of like, this is what you should, how you should look yeah. and do and, and do everything. and everything. Yep. You know, like, oh, you're not doing this right. Then you're not, you know, it, we have this, like we're on, we have such high standards that were set where it's like, we shouldn't have any of that, but it's, it's instilled in us so early and it's so easy. And I think, especially now with social media, mm-hmm. like I'm lots of I comparison. Am, I am so glad that I did not grow up when Facebook was around and that Social media didn't become a thing until I was in college, Mm -hmm. because if I was growing up and I was a young teenager and with all everything on social media, all these people that are clearly editing their photos, but they don't say they edit their photos. And so you're like, wow, look at this girl. Why don't I look like that girl? Because that girl doesn't even look like that girl. She is just it's not real you know social media isn't real but it's easy to trick your mind and it and it i think social media really leads us to negative self talk because we are comparing everything we you know, we compare wow why is this this person's traveling the world why am i not traveling the world wow look at this person they're so beautiful why don't i look like it's constant comparisonitis all the mm-hmm. time and We can't compare ourselves to anyone else because no one else is us. We are the only version of us that exists. There's no one to compare us to, but it's hard to not do that. And so I always have to tell myself "Would I say this, like in the the way I'm talking right now, Would I tell my best friend that no, what would I tell my best friend? Mm
0: -hmm. I need to
1: start telling myself what I would tell my best friend. I need to become my best friend and not my enemy. Yes. I love that thing. Mm -hmm. You have to just change it. What would it, okay. If I'm, I'm, you know, oh my gosh, I hate the way my butt looks right now. Like I've been working out, but yet it's not looking how I want it to. And it doesn't look as good as that other girls. Well, if my best friend said that, what would I say? to her? No, you've been killing it. Like you look great. So then guess what? Start saying that to yourself Mm -hmm. when you have those. And I think the key is to really in those moments, when you're starting to negative self-talk, talk talk yourself out of it. Like don't allow yourself to go further down the rabbit hole Mm -hmm. because you can easily.
0: Totally. From like a dog owner's perspective. I mean, this can be, you know, this goes like right along, you know, you see somebody doing all the things with your dog or with their dog. And then you think to yourself, like, why, you know, it sucks that I can't take my dog to this place, and I wish I could do this with my dog and you know, x, y, and Z, whatever the case may be. um, you know, even with like sports and, you know, just me maybe even like giving them toys. You know, I wish I had enough money to give my dog, you know, this food or this toy or what whatever it may be. So let's say it's maybe from like a training perspective. So, Their dog is having a really hard time on walks, but they work a really busy schedule. And so they're not able to do as much training or maybe they're not able to afford a trainer at the moment, like an in-person trainer. Mm -hmm. And they're having a lot of that negative self-talk of like, I don't deserve this dog. I shouldn't have gotten a dog. Um, And, you know, just in that like really negative mindset about themselves as a dog owner, What are some of the things that you would tell them, you know, how would you talk to them as like, you know, talk like you're talking to your best friend, you know, would you tell, would you tell your best friend that they were being a bad dog
1: owner, that they shouldn't have gotten that dog? Never. You know what
0: I mean? Yeah. (laughs)
1: Because you're going to be like, you know what? You are doing the best that you can do. Mm-hmm. You are giving your dog everything that you can give your dog. Mm-hmm. And you know what? When your dog looks at you, your dog's not looking at you and saying like, man, I wish you were a better mom. Like, right. no. Oh my gosh. Your dog yes. is like, hi, you're the best person on the planet. Like your dog loves you unconditionally. Your dog doesn't think those things about you. Your dog thinks that you're doing your best. He, that he or she loves you. and And if you're doing what you can do, And that may not be what other people can do, but you're doing everything you can. You're doing enough. Totally. A hundred percent. We need that like plastered all over, all over. I love that. You're doing enough. And I think it's hard for us because it's Mm -hmm. another thing we're comparing. Totally. And like you said, you know, we have those high standards of how we think things should be. Mm hmm. Yeah. And nothing's perfect. And even those people that we think like, wow, everything looks really great. Even those people with the dogs that you're like, man, they must know they have hard times too. Mm-hmm. They are all they don't. It's not always rainbows and butterflies. Right. Like they probably they have their struggles. Everyone has their struggles. It's just that we don't know about it because if mm-hmm. you don't know someone personally or really close to them, you're not going to know about what's really going on in their life. Right. And that is so true. And it's just we have to get back to like, no, I'm doing my best. Like, yeah, I'm working a lot so that I can afford to give my dog the best things that I can. And so that, you know, I can spend more time, like spend the time with my dog, you know, all the moments that I can. And I may not be able to train for an hour a day, but I'm able to train them for 20 minutes a day, or I'm able to train them three days a week. And you know what? It's enough.
0: Mm-hmm. That is
1: enough. And you're doing enough and and don't be hard on yourself because you're doing amazing at, at what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Don't compare. It
0: almost goes back to, you know, how you were saying, whenever you were walking, you were, you know, you, you saw the other dog, but you, you kind of then put them out of your peripherals. You put them out of your brain space and you focused on you and Sigmund kind of like the same thing that you have to do whenever you start comparing yourself to other people and other dogs and whatnot on social media or or out and about, it's like, you kind of have to go back and and put yourself back in your own personal lane and get your focus back on you and your dog, not all the other things going on out in the environment
1: it kind of goes back to in a sense like meditation it's a Mm -hmm. retraining your brain to be present because when you're comparing you're not being present at that moment oh yeah and so you the minute you realize that you are starting to compare yourself and sometimes it may take longer like I said our minds are funny things and sometimes we don't realize what we're doing until we've been kind of spiraling for a little while. But as soon as we realize what we're doing in that moment, we have to work on being back to being present, mm-hmm. you know, like, okay, I'm comparing myself. I need to stop. I need to focus on, you know, something like I like to do. Um, another thing I like to do for anxiety, but it's, it's a way to get back into the present moment is it's using the five senses. Mm-hmm. So, so you you know I'll say okay what's something like right now in front of me that I could see and then I'm going to start describing it to myself like I would describe it to someone who can't see to that yeah. mm-hmm. and then I would do okay what's something I hear right now and again describing it like if you were telling someone who you can't hear mm-hmm. and then touch taste smell all of these things utilizing your five sentence senses and really going into serious detail about them, because what that does is it brings you back to now, because that right there is right in front of you. Mm-hmm. It's present, it's in the moment, and you are you're here. You're here now. And when you're in your mind, you're not here and now. When you're thinking, you're not here. You're out there.
0: The five senses is one that I love to do love it's
1: good. to do. Mm-hmm. And that's one that I was talking um to someone and they were saying, you know, I've been really anxious lately, especially when I'm driving. And not everyone can like s- start meditating while dr- you can't meditate right. while you're driving to get <laughs> to get back, Please don't, you know. Not <laughs> safe practice. Yeah. You know. Um, and so I tell people, I'm like, start like use your five senses, like while you're driving, if you're noticing you're getting anxious, like what's something you could see or my favorite thing. I actually have it on my desk. Like I literally bring everywhere with me are mints mm-hmm. because if I'm like, maybe possibly having an anxious moment at the time, I pop a mint in and I think about my taste. What do I taste? Right. How does it feel? Like what is, you know, and I focus on that mint and I get out of my head and I get back to it in my body. Mm-hmm. And I get back to that present moment and it, and it's, yeah, it's just like you have to do when you're walking. Yeah, totally. You got to get back into the body, out of the mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love to, to really like think
0: about like what Layla's doing. So I, mm-hmm. I love to think, you know, her, you know, I will think her fur looks so soft today. She looks so silky today. The way that she's walking, the like little noises that she's making, like, I wonder what she's smelling right now. Even some things like that really helps me, you know, I'm still very much focusing on her, um, but it does help me bring, bring myself back into that present moment.
1: Because she's there right now, you know? It's not like she's in the other room. She's there. You're looking at her. You're like, oh my God, you know, it's getting back Mm -hmm. into now. That's a good one. Yeah. I haven't looked at my... I'm I'm too busy telling me to stop sniffing. Like <laughs> you've sniffed that for long enough, buddy. Like, come on, let's go. Can, can you sniff the next thing? We've yeah. been here for two minutes now. Like, come on.
0: That's funny. Okay. Well, we've had like a really, really great conversation. I yes. have loved all the tips that you've given. So last but not least, I want to ask you, what does having a dog mom mentality mean to you?
1: What that means to me is that you're gonna have your good days, you're gonna have your bad days, you're gonna have your good and and it can be a bad day all in one, but you're doing enough. Like if you are if you are doing everything in your heart that you can for your dog and giving yourself grace while you're doing it, you're doing enough. Mm -hmm. And that's having a dog mom mentality to me. Uh, I love it. And that really encompasses
0: and sums up everything that we've talked about today. So thank you so much, Michelle, for coming thank on. Thank you. It was such an honor and it was such a really Amen. fun conversation. Um, If you want to tell people, you know, where to find you, where to find your CBD company and just give them all the information so that if anybody wants to follow you or check out your CBD or your coaching that they
1: can search you and get you uh, booked. Yeah. So you could find me in two places. You can find me on Instagram at Michelle Ferraro coaching. Um, and then you can find my CBD company at LO wellness co and our CBD is all certified organic USDA certified too. Um, everything is all natural. All the flavors that we use are from fruits and veggies, all of, um, just every, or everything is natural. Mm -hmm. like from the color of the gummies to the flavors, everything in there from the sugar that's on the outside of the gummies. It's all organic. It's all natural. It's all the best ingredients that you could put in your body. And, um, if you use DMM 20 at checkout, you could get 20% off of your purchase and you'll get free shipping on all orders over 25 dollars
0: amazing and i have oh. had the strawberry lemonade gummies and they are very good <laughs> they're so tasty yeah you i think remember candy like, yeah i remember like trying it for the first time and i was like oh i did not expect it to be this good so the links for all of that will be in the show notes so you know if you uh, didn't catch the name or anything just scroll on down to the show notes and you can find the links to, um, her Instagrams, um, along with LO wellness, and um, the website and the discount code. So thanks everybody for hopping on and listening to another episode. And I hope to see you next week. Thank you, Michelle, so much for coming on. I so appreciate Thank
1: it. You. Thank you for having me. I had a great time.
0: Awesome. Okay. Bye. Thank you all for listening to another episode of the Dog Mom Mentality podcast. My name is Caroline. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Dog Mom Mentality. And if you haven't already, please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you are listening. I hope you have a great rest of your day. And if nothing else, I hope you get to play with your dog today.